Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to the podcast. I'm here with uh, Rob Henderson. And once again, uh, well, we're here for the very last time talking about the Jeffrey uh, Dahmer miniseries. So we have episode eight, um, Lionel. <laughs> I just, uh, Lionel, have you, have you ever seen Lionel Rob in real life? He's a, um, he looks exactly the same as the actor. I mean, they got him, they got him sort of perfectly. You know what? Uh, I, I, I thought Lionel kind of looks like a, uh, like, like the real life version of Brian Cranston's character in Breaking Bad. You know, he's like a little bit less attractive. Mm. He looks pudgier. He just like, mm. you know, if if, uh, if 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 that if Walter White existed in real life, he'd look more like the Lionel character. You're right. Yeah. No, yeah, it was strange. They they tried to dress up Walter White like a nerd, uh, but he's not. He's clearly not a nerd, and he was a little bit. You know, I'm watching Breaking Bad again now. He's a little bit too handsome and talented and charismatic uh, to be, you know, just a regular school teacher. Um, yeah. So you have Lionel. You have. The boogeyman, the boogeyman, which is just the that, boogeyman. You know, living, uh, you know, living in fear, Dahmer's shadow. And so there's so much here that you have the ten, you know, ten where Dahmer finally gets his bash, head bashed in, and we uh, we say goodbye uh, to our friend after spending all these hours with him. Um, so yeah, what did you think about how the My friend uh, Jeff, <laughs> your buddy, how did, buddy so Jeff? So how do you Jeff. think about? So what did you think about how they sort of uh, they close this thing out? Um, I mean, I thought it was interesting, you know, if we, yeah, if we jump right ahead to the, to the finale, um, you know, so it opens up with, uh, you know, this sort of cold open with this other serial killer. And I thought it was going to be, uh, Ed, Ed Gein, who Dahmer's father referenced in an earlier episode. I thought it was like, for some reason they were going to do this, uh, this flash. Yeah, it was a flashback, right? Like, uh, Chicago or something, 1977. Right. And it's this, like, you know, unattractive, pudgy man who lures this teenage boy in and then, like, drugs him with the, you know, the RC Cola, hand, you know, whatever, puts the rosary beads around him. And then, like, you know, is, like, uh, uh, what, is drowning him and torturing him in, in, in this clown costume. And I'm like, ah, oh, okay, so this is John Wayne Gacy. And I was like, well, why, why are we, like, okay, what's the purpose of this scene? And then throughout that episode, you sort of see Dahmer... Uh, you know, he, he sees, um, Gacy in an interview and then he sort of turns toward religion. And I thought that what the show was trying to do was attempt to get us to, I guess, feel some level of sympathy or, uh, uh, guide us toward this belief that Dahmer could potentially be rehabilitated or at least, uh, experienced remorse for what he did, um, through this sort of religious elements throughout the episode, and then I also thought that, like, I mean, that, that opening scene was was pretty, like, repulsive. I mean, all of the scenes with Dahmer are repulsive, but I thought that that yeah, John Wayne Gacy Dahmer. scene was especially stomach Dahmer It made Dahmer look like a great guy. I mean, it, it really was. Better in comparison, right? Like, as, as horrible as Dahmer was, like, and, and they, they highlighted this a little bit, right? Where, like, you know, Dahmer would say, uh, you know, I, and you and I talked about this in the last conversation, where you know, like, is is Dahmer actually a sadistic psychopath, or does he is he just like a you know just have a weird sexual fetish that he can't control? And he would drug his victims usually before he killed them. Whereas John Wayne Gacy, like, I th- he enjoyed the torture yeah. element of it. You know, I, I read his Wikipedia page after that, and Gacy would uh, he would he would repeatedly drown and revive his victims yeah. just because he enjoyed that part of the the psychological torture of it. Whereas uh, Dahmer, you know, he he was obviously a monster too, but he would he never did anything that bad. So yeah. I, it was like this sort of counter uh, counterweight against like Dahmer's this evil guy, but here's this even more disgusting man. And look, Dahmer is becoming religious, so like maybe possibly you could uh, like the the show could like earn your 
sympathy for for Dahmer before before killing him off at the end and making it like more morally complex than it really was because I mean Dahmer did deserve to die. So what do, what did you think? Uh, so you know you catch that point. Gacy was executed on the same day that Dahmer was baptized. So that happened in real life. So that was and real. Okay, that was real. And well, so did I they have the eclipse? That was a weird. Were, and I just I just googled this now. There was an eclipse on that same day too. So that that guy who's working there, like, well, you know, the universe is trying to. Tell us. So I remember I, I I grew up in Illinois, and so Gacy was in Chicago, and um, I remember it was a big news story when he got executed. It was like countdown to get like this is like the culture is so different, right? It's like a blue state, and like you know, like we we're like counting down execution, and people are like <laughs> celebrating. It was like a great thing. Like everyone hated this guy, and they were glad um, he was dead. So yeah, like. Gacy and Dahmer, like, you know, Gacy obviously was arrested before my time, but, you know, I remember his execution and he was in the news. Um, and, you know, Dahmer was killed a few years later. Um, and so those were the two big serial killers, the two most prominent ones that I remember. Um, uh, and then, um, you know, another way which Dahmer it looks better than Gacy, Gacy, I mean, he's such a, such a piece of garbage. Uh, we're going to try not to swear on this. You sometimes swear here, Robert, Rob, so I'm just gonna say he's a piece of garbage. Um, oh, should we not be swearing on your podcast? Yeah, you know, it's, it's like, like we, we go from like, uh, G to like R just based on like one or two words. And I think it's, it's not worth it. So people listen with children, but whatever, should have talked about this beforehand. Uh, oh, really? I don't okay. know if it's a G exactly all these discussions, but whatever. Swearing like, is, you know, what, oh, you're talking about like like movie ratings, so we're trying to keep it like G or PG. I didn't know yeah, that. Okay, people, some people listen to their kids. I, you know, I've, I've heard of it. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, fine. All right, I'll, we'll, we'll keep it. We'll keep it. Dahmer with their kids. I mean, we were like killing about serial, ki- yeah, kill- yeah. serial killers and torture and rape and all but, this. Uh, but okay, but no, we'll the other it. way that Dahmer is preferable to Gacy, I think, is the way Gacy was such a coward. He didn't want to be executed. Dahmer, you know, he wasn't, he, he, he kept wanting the death. No, I don't know. Like he, there was no death penalty in Wisconsin. So like, who knows if he would have actually said that if there was a death penalty, he could always say, you know, just go ahead and kill me. And like, who knows if that's what actually he would have done. Um, but then Gacy pretends to have become a Christian. And then on his deathbed, you know, his last words are, uh, we can, we can, my we can ass. yeah, exactly. So that's real. So he's so such a keeping piece it clean. Of garbage. He's like his everything. He was a sadist. He was a coward. Um, he is, uh, you know, liar, that is, right. That he, he, he denied. He denied. Uh, you know, he maintained his innocence till till he they killed him off. Right, like he refused to acknowledge. Right? I don't know. It, like, yeah, I don't know the I don't know the details, but I mean, definitely he's not helping. He's not helping find. Like, he's not like Dahmer telling everything. And so Dahmer himself. I don't know if this like this is real. I don't know if Dahmer like was paying attention to Gacy or saw this, but at least Dahmer, the character uh, yeah. in the show, just keeps looking at him and like, okay, this is a, a much worse guy. I'm not like him. Get, Dahmer sort of gets the idea of becoming a Christian through uh, like seeing Gacy uh, on uh, TV. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't know if that's if that's real either, or if that's even uh, consistent. But yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, he's just a, like a terrible character. I think they had to work it in. I mean, I think they were working it in just because of the coincidence of the, uh, you know, of the, of the uh, baptism and the execution. Um, but yeah, I do think they they did remind us that there is there is something worse out there. They do this sometimes. Like every, I mean, this is it's it's a little different because Dahmer's not an antihero. He's just you know like literally in the shows uh, the series title is monster, right? But they do this with other kinds of shows where if the the protagonist is a bad person and they've sort of crossed this moral event horizon, they they all often introduce someone who's even worse near the end to sort of get you back on the side of the protagonist in some way, right? Like 
I mean, The Sopranos kind of did this with Richie Aprile and uh, and uh, uh, Ralphie Cifaretto and those guys. And then, and, you know, you mentioned Breaking Bad earlier. We're like, you know, towards the end, Walter White, you know, he, he becomes like the villain of the show. And then at the last minute, it's like, oh, but but look, neo-Nazis. It's like, okay, so now you're back on Walter's side again. And with Dauber, it was like, you know, the, the, the show sort of, you, you, you spend this time with him when he's sort of growing up, his youth, his childhood and everything. And the show tries to kind of have it both ways where it's like, you know. You're, you're seeing the world through Dahmer's eyes and maybe you feel something for him, but then you're also seeing his victims and how horribly their lives have been affected by him. And so then by the end, it's like, all right, so this guy is going to prison. Good. You're happy about this. You're happy. He's about to spend his whole life in prison. And then they sort of try to get you back over and, and, and reconsider your, you know, your lust for his, uh, you know, for his whatever imprisonment or death or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. I, and I wondered, like, also just like Dahmer being a relatively attractive person. Well, they they got a good looking actor. Like Dahmer was actually not a bad looking guy in real life, and they got a hot actor to play him. And they, you know, Ted Bundy's also. They've had a lot of movies made about him. But I wondered, like, if they made a a, a series about John Wayne Gacy, I don't think they could have. Like, I think just the whole time you would have hated him, mm-hmm. and people would have been turned off a lot sooner. So there is this element of like, you know, just by dint of the fact that Dahmer was relatively attractive. And at least in the show, right, he was ripped and good looking, despite being this awkward weirdo. He had like the body of a jock. So I think like that probably kept the audience yeah. somewhat on, uh, at least from from completely hating him. At least you know, in, by the way, that Gacy, I mean, I love that this would have happened today, but you know, Gacy was like a volunteer for like the Democratic Party. <laughs> oh, really? That's interesting. Could you, right. well, you, you know, imagine if it happened today? Well, like that's all we would that's all we would be talking about. He was a, uh, well, Tucker Carlson would run that every night. For, <laughs> you know, he'd, he'd make a meal out of that. Oh, look, there's uh, a website that gives you the politics of different serial killers. So Ted Bundy uh, was, Bundy a, was a Republican. Yeah, yeah. 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 He, was he liked women, right? He wasn't. Uh, he wasn't he a liberal. Like, so. <laughs> he liked women. That's all you need. You like white women. There was not much diversity in his taste either, right? Or, you know, taste, so to speak. He, yeah, yeah. He was although liberal, did, he did Bundy eat his... I don't think he, he ate them, though. No, I think he no, just cut he them just, up and... Yeah. Yeah, uh, the... Uh, the um, yeah. So, anyways, that's yeah. That's that would be <laughs> that would be all we talked about. Wait today. a minute. Yeah. Was Dahmer? What was the Dahmer? Wasn't really a political person, though, was he? He didn't really have an. He had, no. There was never any indication. He he was. I mean, it's like him not being. He's like so uncomplex in a way. I mean, this is what we talked about. It's like Gacy. Oh, he has politics. He has sadistic desires, and he's like you know ugly and like. And he dro- <laughs> dresses up as a clown for yeah, children's parties, right? There's like there are weird elements to his personality <laughs> that like incapacitate yeah. them, like to find the nicest body and just incapacitate them yeah drug them and then yeah well and and ted bundy too people make this um or, or focus on his personal life and about how he was involved in republican politics how he went to college how he was you know he was attractive i think he worked for a suicide hotline like there are some weird and interesting elements to his backstory whereas for Dahmer, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting that they even managed to milk 10 episodes out of him because, I mean, a lot of them did focus on his victims, which helped to take up some of the airspace. But, you know, like he did have like a relatively uncomplicated backstory. He had, you know, well, both of his parents for most of the time. Um, yeah, the, he wasn't like abused or tortured or anything like John Wayne Gacy claimed that he was sexually abused when he was a kid. 
And some of these these serial killers try to like you know play that sympathy card, but but Dahmer was like you know relatively untroubled uh, early life and was just kind of a kind of like not that interested. Like he he was a very sort of plain uninteresting man, right? Even the way he speaks, the way he carries himself, you know, he just like drinks lots of beer and and yeah. and tries to have a lot of sex. Like that is like his whole. Like he didn't have any interest. I think they even said that. Remember when he was in, in high school, he was sitting with the uh, the guidance counselor, and he was like, "I don't really have any interests. Like I don't really have anything." You know, he's like, "I don't have any dreams." He just like there was nothing in his in his mind going on. He had no interest in in mm. life beyond the very sort of graphic and visceral violence yeah. and sex. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was interesting. Guess so. Lionel, one episode focuses on justice. Number eight is just his father, and I, you know, every episode I look up what's real and what's not. So when his dad, like, so his dad wrote a book, um, and it it, did, it didn't do well. I think that's what happened in the show. They basically, you know, they would take all the pros, proceeds, and you know, they just didn't it didn't do well. But like, I was wondering whether that true. He's like, oh, I had fantasies when I was a young man, and I gave this to him through my genetics. Mm. Um, and that apparently was something like he wrote in his book and the hypnosis thing was also real. So they didn't just make this stuff. I don't know if he like broke down and told his wife, by the way, both his wife and like his, uh, his, uh, his Lionel's, uh, wife, Dahmer's stepmom is much prettier, um, in the show than in real life. Well, Lionel (laughs) looks exactly sort of, you know, Jeff looks, Jeff Dahmer looks close. Um, uh, so that stuff is real. And, you know, I feel like they, 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 uh, the father was sympathetic until the episode with Lionel. You know, at the end, he's just like, he's, uh, he's writing his book, like, oh, I should have done this earlier. I have a neck for it. He's just enjoying himself. He's like affronted by like the victims who want like money for, from him. Right. And I don't know if that, that part was true. Um, but he is, um, and then, you know, like I think it, the genetic stuff, I think you're supposed to buy that that's important. Um, but then he he like is not very self aware because he's still trying. I mean, I don't know if my if my if my, if my relative did this, I would not try to. I would. I mean, I would be ashamed. I think he's a bad guy. I mean, I would. I would be ashamed to profit. That. I don't think. Yeah, I would, that was an interesting. Uh, I thought that was an interesting moral question about like you know Dahmer's dad uh, writes this book and apparently it was well received and I guess it didn't do well financially. But like, if he were to make a profit from it, should should the victims receive some of the proceeds, uh, you know, there's something, it's an interesting moral question there about who, like whether, whether Dahmer's dad deserves to profit off of that story. And cause he personally didn't do anything, right? Like he's not the reason those people died at least, you know, not directly. I mean, the genetics are involved, but he didn't cause Dahmer to do those things. So yeah, I, I wondered about that, about like, were the, were the victims right to, um, to demand that that they get a cut of the the profits there i think they i mean i think they are i mean he is profiting off of their story and i think legally i'm not sure i'm not sure what the status of this was but like you know yeah. it's like i can't write a story about why well, could i i mean could i write a story about rob henderson I, I i think it depends on if you're a private or public person if you're yeah. uh and so i don't know what the legal exact legal question is but i mean the point is it makes it makes lionel um, it makes Lionel look bad. Yeah, um, well, he's not writing about the victims so much as just him and his son, it's narcissistic. right? Yeah, it's very narcissistic. I mean, well, what's he going to write about? He has no insight into the victim. So yeah, his, yeah. his whole perspective is just being Jeff Dahmer's dad. Yeah, um, which is just like, it's almost like just a, a <laughs> it's, it's a weird way to think about it. It's just like a fortunate accident that he it turned out to be the father of, yeah. uh, you, you know, a notorious celebrity. 
And yeah, did you see he's still alive? Up, yeah. He's still alive, and he's you know he's telling his caretaker he wants to sue like Netflix to to like just like get money for the series. So he's he's very old now. Still but. going after it, huh? <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's I, well, the show was like at least the way the show portrayed him. He appeared to be uh, like a he had some sort of uh, uh, guilt around what happened you know like or was it like i think it was an episode eight Dahmer's dad was feeling guilty and he was he was telling uh his ex-wife Dom, uh, Dahmer's mother like this is not my fault oh no, no no it was it was it was his wife uh, Dahmer's stepmom so his new wife and he's like this isn't my fault and then and then he's like and then he kind of breaks down and he's like but he has half my genes half that kid is me he has this uh complex feelings around whether he's responsible or not and his wife is saying like oh it's not your fault or whatever but you know, I think he was, you know, I, I guess like the book maybe, at least the way the show portrayed it was like the book was his way of sort of processing that guilt or something. But yeah, like, it, it, like I don't think he feels that guilty if he's trying to make money off of it. Right? <laughs> like if he's writing yeah. this book and now he's trying to sue Netflix, it's like maybe in real life he didn't actually feel that. And I, I do think you should cut off. I mean, I do think you should cut off your son. I mean, I do think there is a point where he's such a bad person that like, oh, he's my son. I think, it, you know, at some point you can't. Do you know if that really happened where uh, when he visits Dahmer in prison and Dahmer is like, you know, asking, he's like, God might forgive me, but do you forgive me? And he's like, yes, I forg- I have forgiven you. Did that really, uh, like, did he forgive his son? Like, to his drama- face? It seems dramatized. Yeah, I-, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of stuff that was in the book, so you have to read the book to see, but I, have- I haven't seen either way. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if, uh, if he literally told his son to his face, despite knowing everything that he did, despite writing a book about it and going through all of that, if he was like, yes, I, I forgive you. It's like, yeah, that's, um, you know, that's just really hard to believe that anyone could forgive their son for doing those things. And oh, I mean, of course the, the effects on the lives of the victims, but then on, on like just your, your, your family, like how it affects you for the rest of your life, no, everyone around do. you. I mean, parents with their kids, they could, they could, Are they there could cases forgive. like this. You they know, can like forgive for anything. Yeah. They, they, especially to other things you've done to other people. And, no, I mean, I, I know serial killers, though. I've, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are strangers who are fall in love with serial killers. I mean, well, straight, yeah. yeah, but those, those, yeah, strangers will, but that usually those are like, well, actually, that part, that's like a little, what, subplot or whatever of, yeah, of Dauber getting these, uh, these letters and these girls, like, said, you know, here's $5. If you write me back, I'll send you more. And like, he was yeah. telling the other inmates, like, yeah, these girls are sending me porno pics, like, you know, like, try to make deals with them. Like, I'll send you these pictures, man. Like, yeah. despite knowing that he's not into women, he was still getting, you know, he was still getting prison groupies. Yeah. Or, or I think they call them murder groupies, something like that. Yeah, no. Gay, I mean, Gacy got them. Gacy got them too. I mean, all all serial. I don't know if still. I don't know if it was just like a thing for a time. Um, it was like well known that they would have these groupies. Um, I don't know if they're still. These groupies are still around. Uh, but yeah, you're. Yeah, that you know that that happens. I mean, that happens with pretty much all serial killers. <laughs> it's <laughs> always killers, right? Yeah. It's never. Uh, you know, it's like like the more violent the crime, yeah, I think the more letters you'll receive. I, I think if you just yeah, if you just rapes. I mean, I think yeah. rapists too could be, I, I don't know, like child molesters. I think you have to like, yeah, you have to be prominent enough. They're not picking random. Yeah. They're not picking random criminals. Well, um, was uh, was like Bernie Madoff getting, uh, you know, like when, when he was put away, was he getting love letters in prison? Question. You know, because he's famous. Uh, he's uh, he's rich and famous. No, they, they like the violence. I don't think they like the... Uh, I think it's the, it's, it's, w- w- which is interesting to me, like, 
that that there's this a subpopulation that is really they find that really appealing someone who's who, and it can't just be one person right if if you just like shoot someone in a gang war that like that i mean i think so even you're if not, you you're, were not well you're not prominent enough you the think that if true. you were covered though like if you think if they reached like a high level of fame for killing one person they would receive i, I don't bet know. those guys i bet the guys who shoot like one person at a gang war i bet like women who knew them earlier in their life who've heard about it probably like you know become more attracted <laughs> to them attracted to them or send them letters i wouldn't be surprised yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Kyle Rittenhouse, he's probably got some, you know, some female oh, fans good, out that's there. That's a good question. That's a good question. Because <laughs> he Kyle only killed two people, right? And uh, it, it, he was very famous, at least for a while. So, yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, yeah. for getting women, I mean, fame is, you know, it doesn't matter for what. It's like, it's like the one thing that's like just the, you know, just the fame in itself is good enough. Yeah, more so than money. I was asking a girl, like, why do girls yeah. do this? She's like, oh, anyone famous? I'm like, does Bill Gates get like love letters from women who are sending a picture? She's like, no, probably not. So it's like violent, like murders are better. It's gotta be yeah, than, yeah. Uh, Gates. And it's sort of like I don't know, like they're they're crap. They they can't leave. They have nothing to do but write to you back. I think is probably uh, is probably part of it. Mm. Um, yeah, Madoff. I'm looking at Madoff. Did Madoff Madoff's? Uh, Hmm, Madoff's son killed himself. Did you know that? That's interesting. I didn't know that. That's was that. Before oh, there's a story after? by the way. I have to show you. It's in the. Um, there was an MIT professor who was like all his sons, all his kids turned against five kids. They all turned against him, and then like he, um, he uh, staged his own. Uh, he staged his own. Like he had hundreds of millions of dollars, and he staged his own assassination attempt. His son, who like works for Goldman Sachs and who worked for like uh, who knows Mitt Romney and like was gonna was appointed to Trump to something. Like he set him up to like that he assassinated him, and he had somebody shoot himself uh, in the stomach. Crazy story. I'll, I'll send you that. that. Is what okay, yeah, yeah, sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah, reminded, reminded um, me of that, but yeah, Lionel, I, yeah, poor, poor, poor Lionel. Well, uh, yeah, his well, Lionel says, uh, so, so when when Dahmer is being interrogated by the police, he says he he learned about Ed Gein, the other serial killer, yeah. uh, from a comic book, and then his dad, uh, you know, his dad blames uh, the whole yeah. culture, he's like, oh, the whole culture. You know, like it's it's you know, no no wonder everything's going to hell. The culture, you know, because of the comic books, right? Like, you know, yeah. Dahmer reads the comic books, and this is to blame for what's going on. And uh, and it's funny, like it, it, so so I think like a lot of people's natural instinct is to blame Lionel, to blame the parents when they discover someone like Jeffrey Dahmer, some like you know, so some serial killer or psychopathic person. It's like, oh, what did the parents do? But you know you're 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 aware of uh, you know behavior genetic studies and how the non-shared yeah. environment is actually much more important than the shared and yeah the culture yeah. probably didn't create Dahmer but it contributed more to who he is than his parents did right mm-hmm. and so I wonder if uh, you know there's this game people like to play of like blaming the parents and yeah. and yet when the culture continues to sort of coarsen and deteriorate. And kids act out. They they're still like, oh, what about the parents? You know, what are the parents yeah, doing? Yeah, no, you're right. The behavioral genetics indicates that you know it's almost so easy to tell a story. Oh, like no one's perfect, right? So like, oh, you know, the dad was too warm, or he was too cold, or he wasn't there for this event or that event. And it's like, 
you know, like generations ago, like dads would just like ignore their kids for like wide, you know, portions of their life. So it's just like, you know, this thing, I mean, it's inconsistent with science. It's always easy to like blame people in, you know, in retrospect for, for things. And like, you could always make up a story. Uh, And so I like, you know, that's, you know, like, as we talked about, that's one of the things that I like about this is that it does that much less like maybe he helped him you know like uh you know, got him into like uh carving up animals but like you know whatever like you know he like lionel defends himself and says to the one to his ex-wife like you know i was just taking an interest in like the one thing that he liked so like the kid was weird and and you know so they and they have the um you know the, the, the her- they talk about the hernia thing they talk about you know, they have no idea like it's so easy to you know it's like yeah. easy to make a story and, and Dahmer it's, from it's, the beginning says you know like i i've always had these uh feelings and these fantasies about like violence and sex intertwined and that just like always made him feel excited yeah. um and like that's the reason why he wanted to carve up the roadkill and the animals in the first place right it wasn't like his dad was like let's let me think of an activity for us to do oh i got it let's go find some yeah. roadkill it was like Dahmer finding those carcasses interesting and the dad's like okay we'll just you know go along with it so so the kid already had this sort of inborn you know intrinsic interest in this peculiar activity and his dad's just kind of going along and and uh and and uh whatever like helping to indulge his son's interests but yeah i think the show actually takes a, a reasonable stance towards like what what Dahmer is right like at the end and like near the very end of the finale the judge rules yeah. against uh, donating Dahmer's brain to be uh, what like analyzed and trying to discover why Dahmer was who he was. And the judge is like, we're never really going to know, but the show overall, I think does take more of a like nature versus nurture stance on, on who Dahmer is, uh, which I think in like, you know, in the, 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 whatever the current era, that's uh, that in itself is kind of a, uh, you know, I think that's, that's kind of a uh, novel and, and bold in some ways. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think yeah, that little speech by the judge at the end. I think that was meant to be like the producers like summarizing like you know, you know, it's like oh, we'll look at the brain and we're going to find like, you know, the exact like uh, Yeah, the tumor, the abnormality, yeah. Yeah, and and so like yeah, you're not going to, you know, you're probably not going to uh find that. And then like yeah, the judge just basically explicitly says you know, you'll never know why this is. It makes a strong case for genetics. I mean, the dad does break down like in their meeting and say, Oh, it's all my fault, son. It's all my fault. I let you down. I don't know if you're supposed to believe that or you're supposed to believe, you know, that he's just, you know, this is just sort of what the, what the dad is telling himself or the story he's making up. Um, yeah, I don't think either, you know, it's like, um, you know, it's like both of his parents, and like the and like the mom is like more bonkers. I, you know, they give so much attention to the dad, like oh, he might have had this fantasy, but the mom is like much more bonkers, right? And the fact that like I think there's like a this sexism where it's like there's no there's like focus on like oh, it was the dad's genetics or the dad's raising him, and like you know they talk a little bit about the mom stuff, but you know the mom's genetics probably matter too. She was definitely more abnormal than the dad, like just you know just if you looked at her, like she just had many more mental problems, and so you know that's probably that gets underplayed and she just has this redemption story oh you had postpartum depression and you were you know, oh yeah you know you, you, there wasn't any of it wasn't your fault and she was just she was like the dad doesn't have like a condition they can't say to the dad oh you had like a, a, a distant father syndrome right it's just like you're the mom you have postmodern post you know With uh, postpartum yeah, yeah post-part- well that was and they even made uh lionel look like a jerk when they're both sitting in front of i think it was a doctor and you know he's saying like why are you taking all those pills when you're pregnant 
and uh and she's like i need those pills you know for whatever this uh, you know this that or the other that and, and you know, it, it like focuses on how um uh gruff and you know angry lionel is at her for doing this rather than focusing more on the question of like yeah like why are you popping all of these pills when you're pregnant and what is your condition that you're taking them for and what's really going on with you and then yeah like an episode or two later it's like oh it's postpartum it's fine it's you know she was suffering and uh and yeah i mean yeah, I guess like if, you know, if you were to blame one parent, the show definitely spends more time on Lionel. Um, and I guess you're meant to infer from that that like, oh, well, well, part, you, well part, know, part of it Lionel was Lionel was there. He's there to take the blame. He was like there. Like the mom just leaves. Lionel leaves him, too. But Lionel thinks he's with his mom. Like, yeah. And so and like so and she then, leaves like, him knowing that he'll be alone, whereas he leaves her thinking, yeah, you'll at least have a parent around. Yeah. And then so later, a life, she, wants nothing, yeah. she wants nothing to do with him. And then like, but uh, the Lionel, so it's like he's there and he like, you know, he's more of a father. and He like takes the blame um all around um yeah so um yeah the uh um yeah Do you know if, find- yeah yeah well yeah i was just going to say like to, to to jump ahead i mean did did Dahmer really like get baptized and and like did all of that really happen in that episode like the whole religious oh you don't uh, think, they, you think they made that up that he became a I, Christian? I like did it, like I guess like the way the show portrayed it was like it seemed like a sincere conversion like I, I guess like did did my question is did Dahmer do it cynically or did he do it in a sort of a calculating way with the hope of potentially uh, getting uh, getting parole or getting a, lot, a reduced sentence. Like, was he like a like when when he baptized? Or what, yeah, when he went through the baptism, was he like, I truly in my heart believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, or is it like this is an interesting thing that might make me seem like less less culpable for my actions? You yeah, know I, I mean? don't know. I mean, it's hard to you know, like I don't think anyone really knows. <clears throat> um, yeah, I guess you can't really fact check that one, right? But I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he didn't have much of an incentive to. Um, he at the, at that point he didn't have. I don't think he had much of an incentive. So I watched the Jeffrey Dahmer tapes. Um, uh, but yeah, I think I think you know it's probably probably sincere. I guess it was like sort of like what I didn't like about Christianity was like his whole like discussion with the the black priest, where he's like. You know, I'm bad. Well, God have oh, God loves everyone. Just love God, and, and it's all forgiven. And I was just like, yeah. oh, that, you know, that must appeal to him. I, I just, I never, I never, I never liked that all that much. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I just don't know. I think the way it was portrayed in the show um, was, uh, it was portrayed like it was sincere, but it was like there wasn't much like reality. I mean, you, you know, it's like he didn't like play the role very well he was still Dahmer it was just Dahmer plus like saying I love Jesus and but there wasn't like I think there's one point his dad okay there is a little bit of this his dad comes in I think after he decides to get baptized or after he gets baptized and he's like smiling and joking for like the first time like usually like Dahmer's just sitting there like, uh, like, yeah. he's not interacting but you do see him he's not a completely changed man but he's like you know he's more smiley he's more inviting um he's like you know more uh you know just more solicitous of his dad and how he's feeling and so yeah it, it, it's not a transformation but it is like a subtle thing and you know, I, 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 they could have done it a different way. They could have like made, I think they could have emotionally made it like they could have made it like, okay, this was the start of something. Like they could have emphasized that a little more. Like his dad's like, 
you know, and he, he tells him like his dad tells him, "You look good," and it's like it's he's like, "Oh, the alcohol's not here," and you know, uh, other things, and you know, it's um, you know, if there could have been some more focus on like how Dahmer was changing or how he was like on the road to changing or making peace, but it really we didn't get there. It was just like he he converted and then you know he's killed soon after, and you know, it happens all within you know part of one episode, um, and it's sort of a missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, that that yeah, he did change a little after. He seemed a little bit less irritable, um, you know, because like the, the show that episode portrays him as kind of uh, playing pranks on the other uh, inmates, and uh, you know, he like he like dips his French fry in blood and was like, "This is what a yeah. human thumb looks like," or something like that. You know, he's uh, he's putting on this show and kind of mocking or teasing the other inmates. Well, here's um, a weird thing. Yeah, here's yeah. a weird thing. So the first time he got, he converts after he gets stabbed. That I can oh, find no evidence time. that ever happened. That he was not stabbed before the time. Oh, he got right. stabbed. I forgot about that. I thought and, that was it for him. I was like, did they like? I don't think they stabbed him in the neck. I thought that was going to be the death of him. But yeah. it was just. Uh, you know, but it was just. It was just completely ma- like why make that up? Like you know, it's just sort of stupid. But then. So the the stuff about the jokey. So here's what here's one theory from the Jeffrey Dahmer tapes. He was in solitary. They were going to leave him in solitary. You don't see this in the show. He was in solitary confinement, and he asked to go back. And his woman lawyer, who was doing the Jeffrey Dahmer tapes, was like, she was saying like, "Oh, you know, you're going to get killed. Someone's going to kill you." And he's just like, "Oh, I need the stimulation." And there's some people who think like he wanted to die. Like he was just trying to uh, get out of it. Now. It doesn't hmm. do this at all in the show. He's just playing pranks, like just to play. Like I don't know why he was playing pranks. Like I thought there was going to be like that thing where he was like trying to get killed, and you know the stuff Suicide about by your chicken, You know yeah. that came from the guy who killed him. What's that guy's name? Scarver or whatever. Scarver. He yeah. says like that's one of the things that annoyed him. He mentioned that specifically, like dipping his chicken, in, you know, in in, uh, in ketchup or whatever. Um, and I thought if he did that in real life, it was because he was trying to bait them to kill him. Like I don't know, like why he's such a prankster in the show like suddenly like he's never been a you know a practical joke you know kind of guy um so i i just don't know what what that came from and it wasn't like he was trying to kill himself there i don't know because he was he was happy he was like getting he was like his head was growing bigger because of the coverage he Mm. was getting those letters from those uh women um and he was just taunting people but like I don't know. It was just like he was getting his head was getting big, and then like it wasn't like he was trying to kill himself, which actually is an interesting story and would have been like so like the real life like version of this is sort of more interesting than this thing where his head just becomes big and he just starts playing practical jokes just for fun, just for no reason. What what was more interesting about real life compared to well because show? because he was arguably trying to get killed. He wanted to go. Oh, back. I see. Yeah, the show didn't really population. Yeah, and they, the show, they told yeah. him, "Don't do it because you're gonna you're gonna get killed." So the show didn't really describe that. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I wonder why the show wouldn't do that. Because throughout the show, there were times when, uh, like, like literally in the in the very first episode, uh, when Dahmer's arrested, uh, he says, "I," he says something like, "I deserve to die for the things I've done," and then he later he asks for the death penalty uh, when he's arrested, and. So I guess the show does imply or, or, you know, sort of show that he, he, whatever, he didn't want to live anymore after he was, he was caught, but then yeah, in prison. Okay. I see what you're saying. Then in prison, he sort of becomes like more jovial and he just seems like more upbeat in some way rather than, yeah, trying to follow the, the, the plot line of like, yeah, he's just like, he's just trying to bait these guys into killing him. That's more interesting in some ways. I wonder why they made that choice then. Is that just to like, 
get the audience to is it just more interesting that i don't think it's more interesting i think it would be more interesting if he was like yeah. clearly um whatever it was like whatever the motive was remorseful or just like doesn't want to be in prison he'd rather die well maybe maybe that was maybe that was the maybe they were trying to do that i don't know like the, maybe the whole jovial thing was just like a front that he was really wrecked with guilt it would have but the thing that doesn't make sense is they don't show him trying to get back into general population and if they showed that that would be stronger so that's like a very that's a big missed opportunity they just show him and he's in general population no one is you know no one is keeping him away at any at any point um but so yeah, that's what makes me think they weren't they weren't doing that. And um, yeah, you're right. Like why add the stabbing? Like, Oh, okay. So he was stabbed and then he became a Christian. Like, you know, it would have been, I don't know. It's like, maybe they didn't have time or like, you know, they couldn't like, they couldn't, they couldn't like think of like a better reason why Jeffrey Dahmer would become a Christian rather than like a near death experience. Like he's sitting in jail and like, what happens? I don't know. Like he reads the Bible and like, what yeah. else? Well, he there? watched, uh, he watched that interview with, uh, with Gacy, I think. And, he mentioned something about Christianity or how like God forgives everyone. Yeah. Yeah. They have the priest there. Dahmer has a couple of discussions with him. And so I think they tried to, yeah, maybe they were trying to construct uh, like a coherent um, story for the audience to accept that like, Oh, this is why Dahmer wants to be a Christian. This is why whatever. Yeah. I guess there's something. Yeah. That's the only thing I could think of about like why they would add something that didn't happen in real life. Um, what did you think of the Glenda character? Because the show, not the final episode, but like the two before preceding that, the show spent a lot of time on someone who didn't actually exist, right? You said she was a a, a, comp, a, a composite. She was a composite. Of, there was a Glenda Cleveland, and there was another yeah. woman named Pamela something. And yeah. you know, like they they made like the, she did it. Like Glenda, she didn't even live in the same building. They have her next door to Dahmer, but she lived in like the, 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 <laughs> the building, like, next door like the literal apartment next door. She smelled yeah. everything. She heard the screams. Yeah, she and, kept. Calling, uh, she you know she did call the cop. Like that real woman did call the cops about the little you know, little boy. Uh, but she wasn't like yes, it was all that other stuff was mostly made up. Yeah, I think it was like they you know they wanted to do this woke thing with the you know the black and the white power structure and oh Jesse Jackson and all this, and they needed yeah. like there wasn't like a perfect character to do that through, um, and so they just you know did it through this you know they did it through this woman. They made um, her seem so like she just seemed contrived. Like uh, all of her interactions, you know, like when, when she meets the landlord, she's like, you know, oh, oh, hey, Mister Prince Will, and like, you know, just like extra polite, extra nice to everyone. When she goes to meet the, uh, I don't know who, like whoever, the, like the city government representative oh, well, to build the memorial, like that. No, I think that, uh, that she was that, like, you know, I've been patient for a long time. I, you know, I'll, I'll keep waiting. I want to honor the victims. Like she just seemed too too good, too noble to me. Uh, uh, black uh, church ladies, yeah, I don't know, yeah, too noble. You're right. I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's like you know, they have these like you know, it's like the Denzel Washington character, right? Like the magic black who sees the world clearly and gives you like the like truth a moral, moral right, morally righteous, you know, like the uh, whatever. Yeah, it was just a little too much for me that she had like literally no complexity to her character. Like even if she had expressed anger. Where she was like, "This is nonsense." The way that you, you know, the, everything this man's. She, she was just like, you know, well, she, I, does I, tell, I, she does tell her preacher. She's like, she's like, you know, uh, pastor. I, I want to one day look at you. I hate that man. I know the Lord wants us to forgive, but I, I, I can't do it. The world needs more Richard Anania impressions of <laughs> church ladies. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, that's okay. So, so they did, but, but even the way she said that, to, she's, well, first of all, she's talking to a priest in a church. Like that already makes her seem like a good person. And then like, she says it so softly and so politely of like basically asking the priest for forgiveness. Like, I, I, you know, I don't like that, you know, whatever. Like I want him to die. I want to like, you know, it, it all this, but yeah, she just seemed too, well, she seemed too dimensional and fine. I guess like if you had made her, if you had made her angry, I guess you'd be, oh, this is the angry black woman trope. Netflix is racist or something, but they could have made her more interesting in some ways because she was already like, I mean, I guess what she was, she was, she was based on a real person or based on some real people, but they could have taken what, what could they have done more to make her like, less, what could they have done to make her more like everything about even, I don't know, just. Did she have to be like so noble and so nice and completely? <laughs> have a problem with strong, moral, courageous black there's women. There's got to be something else there. Go, I don't know. Yeah, just too polite in every way. Like, well, yeah. Well, is anyone else? Is anyone else like sort of that innocent? No, she's the that? only one. The whole like everyone in the show. There is like some complexity to their character. Like everyone else looks pretty bad. Even Lionel looks pretty bad. But she's the only one who's like unassailably good. Oh, the and... other black guy, the deaf guy, Tony Hughes. He's also an angel. Oh right, yeah, he's yes, yeah. They're both they're both angels. They're both saints, and I don't know. It just seems unrealistic to me. The father, and I guess the like, should father, the should father too. Does he? he yeah, he got a lot, he's, of, he's he got a lot of time. In, uh, yeah, yeah he got a lot of time despite like not talking much, right? Like, yeah, just a lot, a lot of time with Asian bad. Yeah, they smoking, have these, yeah, smoking a cigarette. Yeah, well, yeah. The other day, okay, so so uh, what's her? Glenda goes right up to the dad in the middle of the uh, funeral proceedings and holds his hands like, "Please forgive me." You know, I, I I should have done more. And he looks at her. You, you know, she's like, "Call the police." I should have done more. He's like, "You, you know, we all do the best we can." And like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> like you know, we things. get it. Like these two have been, you know, they've been affected horribly by this monster. But yeah. the show spent too much. I wonder time if he that. really did invite her to that family wedding. I, I don't know if that. I don't know if that actually happened. I don't know if they became like friends or whatever yeah um, so this I, is the funny thing about the laotian family so the, about the how they portray the cops so when the cops are doing the prank calls on the laotian they you know they show it's the cops who are doing it i'm like oh they made this up they're trying to make the police look bad it was actually true <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's really uh... <laughs> like the, the the police chief the guy you know the guy who's portrayed in the show he says he believes like they were receiving calls and he thinks they were coming from the police department like once they complained about it like and they, they stopped Coming. I mean, like the the LAPD had like a horrible reputation in the '90s, and like at least half of that reputation was well deserved, right? <laughs> like they were, like you know, I don't know, they were kind of like uh, um, like the police officers are just like like pranksters and jocks, and like you know, kind of like the the most mediocre guys you went to high school with who uh, like to play sports. And, uh, yeah, I mean that just doesn't surprise me. I mean, yeah, so. Yeah, that I, I don't think they would have. When I saw that scene, uh, I thought that that was probably real. Yeah, I didn't I mean, think that was the like, cops were really like, making prank calls. To, to yeah, the, or yeah, yeah. It, it just it seemed uh, unlikely that they were just like randomly add that scene in just to like take a dig at the. Oh, they, but they do. They did do this stuff. So when they got when those two cops got the officer of the year award, like for because they gave the Laotian kid back to Dauber, that was made up. There was no officer of the year award where they're like, oh, that oh was yes. dumb. Yeah, yeah. I didn't so look they, into that, it, but yeah, it's possible they wanted a r- bad cops, racist, you know, cop story angle. I, I assumed that if anything was made up, I thought that was most likely. I didn't think the cops would be that cruel or reckless. Um, but oh, yeah, to call they, from inside the station. <laughs> yeah, well, they yeah. put. 
yeah. So you thought that was real. That's a, that's interesting. You, you you assume all this police stuff was real. Do you assume the like the officer of the year was real too? That one I wasn't sure about. Um, I yeah, that one I didn't because I I know that both of those guys kept their jobs. Um, neither one of them were. Uh, I don't even think they were suspended. I don't. Re- I don't. Re- no, they had to. They, they, had no, to no, no, they, they had to go to court. I think they. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They did have some kind of penalty, but. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just uh, you know, cops are cops are whatever. Cops are cops. You know, I I don't know. I just said I didn't have. Uh, yeah, that because that scene like it, whenever you see scenes where like cops are being like overtly abusive, that seems like bullshit to me. But like when cops are just joking around and those kinds of scenes, like you know, there was I don't know. There, there was a some show on Showtime, another Brian Cranston show. Oh, Your Honor, where they like completely you know the whole show is 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 untrue. You know, it's it's a fictional story, but they have this scene in there where like the cops uh, harass the seventeen year old black kid, and you know they like immediately point their gun at him despite him not doing anything. And it's like, all right, this is just like a supporting some kind of narrative, but like a prank call scene is just like I don't know. That's well, I mean, that's, the kid, they, no, they're they're but their son was killed by. By Dahmer, I mean, it wasn't like just a prank call just for fun. Uh, uh, well, for fun for that, but but uh, it it is cruel. I I mean, I agree. But uh, it wasn't just for yeah. fun. I mean, they were mad, they were mad because the cops were trying to get the you know they were trying oh, to get well, the cops. They were trying to get the cops. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was it was mean spirited. I mean, it, it was, was mean spirited, but it was I don't know. I I've done a lot of print calling when I was a kid, so I don't know. I guess I could understand that more or something. I, I don't know. Um, so you mentioned before uh, that you is this show. So, so we we talked in the first episode of uh, you and I about how um, there's this mismatch between the critics and the audience on Rotten Tomatoes, and just generally speaking. And you said that this show uh, is it, it it might be too too pro and is true crime a, a pro genre, even if it's uh, you know, even if it gets uh, some attention on Netflix and they have, uh, you know, they're, they're getting this sort of uh, outsized media attention. Yeah. Netflix is less pro than like, say, network TV. And so you're right. Yeah, All CBS people or something. On, yeah, being on Netflix makes you less pro. But true crime, yes. I mean, I think this is part of, we talked about why don't we pay attention to serial killers anymore. It's sort of like there's more of a cultural divide between the uppers and the lowers now. So like this wokeness and all this other stuff um, is, is part of that. And so, yeah, I think there's not like people who think like pearls or even like can relate to them or even can appeal to them for a financial self-interested reason. Um, but like, you know, there's still like major podcast, the Dateline NBC. I mean, that's still around. Um, they cover this stuff. Um, there's, you know, unsolved mysteries is also on, on Netflix. There's big podcasts about true crime stories. So true crime stories, I think there still is an audience uh, for this stuff. Um, it's just not the thing, you know, it's not the thing that, um, you know, like sort of the cult, the tastemakers um, are sort of interested in. Uh, they and- tried to introduce some like topical, you know, like, right. They, they introduced a little bit of wokeness into, into this series, right. With the Glenda character and with focusing on Dahmer's uh, victims who were mostly black. And like, they tried to like spit, like put this racial spin on it, I guess to maybe make it more appealing to the uppers. Right. Yeah. And I, and, and I guess it didn't really, um, it didn't really capture their attention the way that the producers would have probably liked. I don't think um, it's just wokeness versus not woke about like the uppers, the taste, the taste is just like, I, I think they see the lower class interest in this stuff as like sort of crude and ugly and sort of a, uh, what's, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for? Uh, sort of, vulgar? Uh, 
vulgar, yeah, vulgar, but like um, crass. Uh, yeah, I, there's yeah. A, uh, they're they're like um, unsophisticated. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a there's a perfect word that they use in legal documents. Sometimes I'm, I'm trying; it's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't uh, I can't remember. It's like uh, yeah. Well, either way, yeah. Uh, yeah, you you get the point. I mean, I mm-hmm. think it's it's that it's like, and they think there's you know there's something morally wrong with it. They do see sort of you know the the you know the the interest art. in it. You know, I mean, it kind of reminds me of uh, so so when I was an undergrad, uh, you know, I I, I think Pur- I was I think that's what I'm looking for. Purient. Is that a good a word? Pur- or is that purient. Yeah, like a like a, a preoccupation with like sex and yeah, that's violence. Sex. You get, and, a, yeah, exactly. That, yeah. It, yeah, I think that's that's right, especially the sexual. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, I, I remember uh, in undergrad, I hang out in this frat house, and like there was this weird tension where like I'd watch UFC fights with some of my friends, and the other guys in the frat, especially those from like more well-to-do backgrounds, would uh, you know, like they they'd have this like. They would see they, they would see it as like this uh, this, this with like this weird curiosity of like oh you're watching Netflix hmm like like an anthropologist like what's this you know like guys fighting in a cage interesting but mm-hmm. you could tell like they wouldn't allow themselves to enjoy something like that. So you watch Netflix? Like, uh, you no no we watch UFC on uh, uh, you know whatever whatever like the yeah. the pay per view yeah. stuff or whatever and um, and yeah I think there's this yeah there there may have been like a similar divide here of like. You know, any like combat sports are seen as low class, you know, boxing, UFC, MMA, those kinds of things. But then, yeah, maybe serial killers or true crime, you know, despite being on Netflix, despite having um, you know, relatively well-known actors and, you know, it has this sort of uh, imprimatur of being, you know, whatever, like semi-prestigious. I don't think Netflix is probably not, not on the same level of like HBO, but you know, mm-hmm. people still talk about Netflix shows as if they're socially relevant. So what do you think about, yeah. um, so I, I've never seen Dexter. I, I just, I've heard what the plot is. Do you, have you seen Dexter? Yeah. Yeah. I saw, I saw Dexter. So that's about serial killers. Is that, is that parole? So you have crime in like breaking bad and Sopranos and, um, the wire and all those are, you know, they're, they're sophisticated in certain ways or they're, you know, they're focused on black people in the inner city, which liberals love. Um, and so they're all crime, but they're, you know, they're, they're sort of high prestige uh, shows. Um, but Dexter, I don't, it, it, I don't see like, you know, like blue check marks on Twitter. Uh, by the time people get this, maybe we'll all be blue check marks, but um, I don't see blue people. Uh, I don't see uh, a blue check marks on Twitter, like talking about Dexter. I, 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 I think people- it got very little interest from them. I mean, so, so uh, about a year ago, Dexter released or the, yeah, they came out with a new mini series, basically wrapping up the series. I didn't see much of any interest in it from the chattering class. Um, despite being on Showtime and despite bringing the old cast back and everything. I mean, I think one reason is because Dexter didn't really have like any kind of like sociocultural commentary embedded within it. It was literally just like this guy in his thirties who, you know, the serial killer who likes to kill other serial killers was like the tagline of the show. And he worked at a police station as a, as an analyst, like a crime analyst. And he would just like, you know, dig through the archives and find out who the serial killers were and go out and kill them. And, you know, it was like, it was an interesting plot. It kept your attention. It was a uh, very sort of superficial and shallow for the most part. Um, it was cool. Like it was, it was an interesting show because it like, it took place in Miami and, you know, it showed like diff- different, different elements of that city's cultures. 
but it had like nothing interesting to say. I don't think about politics or American society, you know, like, like the Sopranos was like very much like embedded throughout interesting commentary on, on America at that specific point in the two thousands and you know, the wire with all the sort of racial stuff and all of the, the war on drugs and everything. And, and even breaking bad about like, whatever, like, uh, uh, the, 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 whatever the, the, the state of the American male and all of that or whatever middle-aged crisis, midlife crisis, yeah, the, the Dexter had none of that. And, but I think like, you know, another part of it is like, you know, he was a serial killer that, that, that in itself may be like enough to turn off most educated people like a show about, you can't make a serial killer protagonist and expect to win over uh, the, the, you know, the most influential segment of society. But that being said, I know that Dexter was the most popular show on Showtime, like by far, like he was their flagship show. He drew the most attention but I think it was more from like maybe the middle and pro class rather than sort of the upper middle and upper class. Y- yeah. Maybe we could have a sophisticated commentary and say the upper class does not like the idea of being a number, just being killed by, you know, each one is a snowflake, just like these 30 people or 20 people being killed by one guy while the proles are used to being under the control of forces, you know, beyond their <laughs> comprehension. And so okay. they can relate to sort of the serial killer world while it's too shocking to the upper classes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think like, it's just such a simple story, right? Like, even the Sopranos, like, you know, the, the, the surface level understanding of just like a mob boss, uh, you know, going to therapy and like, you know, going to war with other families and stuff like ostensibly it sounds cool, but like, I know people who started the Sopranos and they didn't stick with it because, because of the therapy scenes, because of the time spent with Carmela and the other characters and like, it just didn't have enough. Uh, These are you know, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Proles. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know, like guys in the military, I know who would, would start The Sopranos and couldn't get, get past this first season because it was too slow for them. Whereas, actually, I think Breaking Bad had um, more interest because, like, it starts off, like, it was a, it's a running start, right, where it starts off with uh, uh, Walter and the RV and Jesse and everything, yeah. and then it kind of slows down again, right, when he gets diagnosed with cancer. But, but that opening scene was enough to keep people hooked, whereas with Tony, it opens with him in therapy. Right. And so it's not quite enough to keep people going. You don't see Tony kill anyone, I think, till episode five or six. And a lot of proles can't they can't watch five episodes without someone being killed. Well, we talked about the Breaking Bad Better Call Saul divide. I'm not saying you're a prole, but you couldn't get into uh, Better Call Saul. And a lot of people <laughs> can't. Death, man. It's it's slow. It, it really yeah. it is slow and it, it builds up. Um, I mean, my and- taste may have matured, right? I watched better the first better. Well, I watched Better Call Saul as soon as it came out. Like you know, as soon as I heard about it, like I'm gonna check this out. Watch that first season. I'm like, ah, oh, I fell asleep. But maybe, uh, you know, maybe it's time to give it another try. Yeah, I would. I would. Uh, yeah, I would encourage you to do so. Um, I have great podcast. I have like five podcasts on it. Uh, I listened to one of them with Mark. I liked it. I mean, I, I thought you guys had, you know, it was an interesting conversation. So, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe that, maybe that gets you interested in it. Uh, yeah. Okay. I think we're, I think that, I think we've, um, we've uh, probed Dahmer um, yeah. Yeah, the, for all it's worth. Uh, any, any final thoughts on, on our friend Jeff before we say goodbye to him? I think that's, that's it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's it for now. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, watch the. What is it? Is White Lotus next? On we're going to do White Lotus. Yes, everyone who's listening to this. We're yeah, do, I saw episode one. You haven't seen it, Brent. I haven't seen it yet, uh, but I really enjoyed the uh, the first season 
people listening should uh, should go check out my yeah. conversation with, we're gonna with do, Richard. I think we're going to do like three, three, whatever. How many? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll do, do the that. same kind of thing again. And uh, uh, yeah. and this one, I think, will have snob appeal. I mean, it's like like White Lotus is designed to appeal to like yeah. you know HBO episode watching snobs. Episode <laughs> one is really good. I mean, I and, and you know one of the stars is uh, Chris Maltesante. You know that. Uh, I, I heard about that. I read that somewhere. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward what's the to, actor's, uh, to what's watching. What's the actor's name? It's Mike Imperioli or something. Uh, Michael that? Imperioli. Yeah, that's right. And he yeah. plays an Italian guy in this show, right? He plays an Italian American. Yeah. You'll, yeah. Uh, yeah. I won't give away anything, anything else, but yeah, yeah. Watch it. And um, yeah, people will have a white Lotus is actually one of our, of our things people have watched. It's either the most watched or uh, one of the most watched. Uh, All right. So I think the here. less it is, we should, we should watch more sort of highbrow, yeah, you know, prestige TV. You know, maybe we'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll do. Uh, I don't know what's another like the Wire. We mentioned the Wire earlier. You know, we can do the Wire sometime. We've never done. We've never done the Wire. We never did the Wire. I, I watched it a long time ago. So if we did it again, I'd, I'd at least have to have to watch some of the highlights from that before we got yeah. into it. Or we could do like one season at a time or something mm-hmm. like that. Okay. But, uh, By the way, I'm yeah, doing, yeah, yeah, I'm watching Breaking Bad again anyway. So what if what, you want to just do Breaking Bad from the start? That would be fun. Yeah, yeah, we could do Breaking Bad again. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right, White Lotus, Breaking Bad, maybe The Wire. Sounds good. All right, bud. Until next time. All right, see you, Richard.